Hi there. Welcome to our podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick, and thanks for joining me today. In previous episodes, I shared how, according to what the Church has taught for centuries, and St. John Paul II stated clearly in his letter Dominice Cene, or the Lord's Supper, the Mass is above all a sacrifice. Moreover, the sacrifice, the same sacrifice that Christ offered on the cross for the redemption of man. In such a way that when the priest celebrates Mass on the altar of our church, the Catholic priest, it is actually Christ offering his Mass, his sacrifice on the cross, present there, truly, on the altar. So we are attending Mass, but we are, as it were, at the foot of of Calvary, at the foot of the cross. So there are several conclusions that we can take from this key principle about the Mass. So I want to share a couple with you, right? The first is that the Mass can help the souls in purgatory. The second, that the Mass is a sacrament of the Church instituted by Christ, and therefore it cannot become our own production, if you want, my own event as a priest, my own thing, because it is owned and regulated by the church. And finally, that because it is a sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ, there should be a certain solemnity about it, a certain seriousness, or if you want, a spirit of contemplation and prayer during its celebration. So you must have heard about St. Pio of Pietracina, more commonly known as Padre Pio. He was a Capuchin priest, a Franciscan, who died in St. Giovanni Rotondo, Italy, in 1968. He had many mystical experiences. He had the gift of bilocation, the gift of prophecy, and many interior revelations. And even he had the stigmata, or the signs, the physical wounds of the Passion of Christ. Now one day, while he was praying alone, he opened his eyes and saw an old man standing there near him. So he was kind of surprised by the presence of someone else in the room and explained in his later testimony, and I quote him, I could not imagine how he could have entered the friary at this time of the night, since all the doors were locked. So Padre Pio asked the man, Who are you, and what do you want? And the man responded, I am Pietro di Mauro, son of Nicola, nicknamed Precoco. I died in this friary on the 18th of September 1908 in cell number four when it was still our poor house. One night while I was in bed, I fell asleep with a lighted cigar which ignited the mattress where I was lying and I died, suffocated and burned. I am still in purgatory. I need a holy mass in order to be freed. God allowed me to come and ask you for help. Padre Pio comforted the poor soul, promising to say the mass the following day. The man then left, and Padre Pio the following day did some research, tried to find out what was the truth about all this possible man who had died in that place, and discovered that the story was true and that the same man had died on that day in 1908. So once everything was confirmed, Padre Pio celebrated the Mass for the repose of this old man's soul. 
So this is the first conclusion that I wanted to share with you, that at the Mass, as the, it is the sacrifice of Christ offered for the sins of humanity, the Mass can also benefit the poor souls which are in purgatory, waiting to enter heaven. So as we know, be, thanks to the Catholic faith, after we died, we will be judged. And then, in, after that judgment, comes either heaven or hell. Right, but if we are graced to go into heaven, sometimes we need to do a cleansing before a, a time of purgatory before entering heaven, and that's what we call purgatory. And w if we're in heaven, we're saved. So we cannot do anything for those who are in heaven because they're already saved. They don't need our help. And if we someone goes to hell, we cannot do anything for those who are in hell because they can't benefit from any prayers or any help. So we can only pray and help those who are in purgatory, so that their time in purgatory, their time of purgation in which they uh, have to purge their temporary punishment due to their sins, we can offer something for them. We can pray, we can offer our prayers, our sacrifices, and especially the prayer or the offering of the Holy Mass for their souls. So it is in that sense it has been always a practice in the Catholic Church to offer Masses for the souls of the faithful departed. They are in purgatory being purified, a purification that is very painful, in order to make up or, pray or pay for, let's say, for the temporal punishments due to their past sins from this earth. So they are saved already. They cannot go to hell. They will be in heaven, but not yet. And in the meantime, they have to cleanse themselves, right? They have to purify. And this is something that is very possible that we may all go through. We may all have to go through, through that time of purging before entering heaven. So this is why the church has always prayed for the souls in purgatory. And I encourage you to pray frequently for the souls in purgatory, especially when we, you go to a cemetery or you have to go to a funeral, right? To pray for those who have passed away. In the Confessions of St. Augustine, which, by the way, is a book which I encourage you to read, he writes that when his mother, St. Monica, was dying, St. Augustine and his own brother were present. And they started having a certain small conversation, we could say, as to where they should bury St. Monica's body after her death. And St. Monica was still alive and heard what they were saying, so she was disturbed that they should be worried about such a concern as the place of her burial. So she was more concerned about what would happen to her soul after death, not so much as the place of burial. So she said to them, and this is from the uh, quote from the Confessions of St. Augustine, Put this body anywhere. Don't trouble yourselves about it. I simply ask you to remember me at the Lord's altar wherever you are. And of course, when she said the Lord's altar, she means to pray during the Holy Mass, right? So the Protestant Reformation denied this aspect of the Holy Mass, precisely because it implies that this is the sacrifice of Christ and not just a symbolic rite, something that the Protestant Reformation denied. Uh, they denied the reality of the sacrifice of Christ present during the Holy Mass. This is why the Council of Trent had to teach this aspect of the Mass with the power of infallibility, right?
That is, that the Mass is indeed the sacrifice of Christ on the cross made present on the altar, and therefore it is beneficial to remove the punishment due to the sins of the people in purgatory. So we read in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the Eucharistic sacrifice is also offered for the faithful departed who have died in Christ but are not yet wholly purified so that they may be able to enter into the light and peace of Christ. That is why you may want to offer masses for the souls of your loved ones who have passed away. It is good and it is a devout practice to ask your parish priest to celebrate a mass or more for the souls of your family members who have passed away. Because typically, if those who are of their own family don't pray for them, who will pray for them? So the way to do this is, you know, you go to your local parish and ask the parish secretary or whoever is there that you want to have a mass celebrated for a particular soul. And you offer a certain stipend or donation or offering for the celebration of the mass for any relative or friend that has passed away. And it would also make sense, at least it would make sense to me, that whenever the time comes to write your own will in preparation for your own death, that you consider asking masses to be celebrated for your own soul, apart from taking care of all the other inheritances that you may pass along to other people, right? To ask that the mass be celebrated for your own repose. So a second consideration about the sacrifice of the mass is that it is the sacrifice of Christ and therefore the sacrifice of his body, mystical body, which is the church. So the church is responsible for that celebration. And the church, the Catholic church, gives each mass its validation, so to speak. In that sense, it is the sacrifice of the church and not of the individual priest. The mass must be celebrated under the authority of the Pope and of the local bishop, both of which are typically mentioned in the prayers of the Mass for that purpose. In practice, though, this also means that the priest cannot improvise the actions or the words he has to say according to his own creativity or ingenuity. On the contrary, the celebrant, the priest, is asked to be faithful to the prayers and actions indicated in the Missal, this, that is the book that the priest used to say, uses to say the Mass, and has been approved, has to be approved by the Holy See. Right? So I, as a priest, when I say Mass, I have to use a missal or the book where I have the prayers of the Mass, and that book is the one approved by the Holy See. And that assures you that the Mass is the valid one, right? the, the true Mass, approved by the Church, and if you want, validated by the Catholic Church. Finally, because this is the sacrifice of Christ, and not primarily a celebration of the community, it must retain a certain solemnity, a certain seriousness about it. Not only because the fact that Christ is dying on the cross requires a certain sympathy on our behalf, because he is suffering for, for us, but also because that solemnity helps as well all the faithful to enter into the spirit of the sacrifice of Christ, to recognize that our sufferings can be brought and offered together with the sacrifice of Christ, 
which is going on right there and then during the Holy Mass. This is why uh, I, encur- I would encourage you that each time you go to Mass, you should take some minutes before Mass to prepare yourself, right? To prepare your spirit. And maybe take around five minutes or so and think, where am I going to? What is it, what is it that is going to happen here before me? What intentions do I bring to Mass? And the same thing after Mass, to stay in Thanksgiving, maybe 10 minutes or so, thanking God for having received our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, the same, the, Jesus, the same Christ, the very same Lord and God in my soul. And to have been able to participate in the Holy Mass, this is a gift that we have to thank our Lord. And to pray for all the intentions that you bring to Mass, to pray for your loved ones and for your concerns and ask our Lord who is with you to intercede for all those people in front of the throne of God. So in Miles Christi, we have a great prayer book that is a small prayer book that has prayers for before and after Mass. So if you would ever like to get one of these prayer books, please email me at info at fourcollegecatholics.org and I will definitely be happy to send you one. So next episode, we will be speaking about the Holy Eucharist in its aspect of the presence of Christ and how in the Blessed Sacrament, we have the Lord Jesus himself substantially present with his body, blood, soul, and divinity. So thank you for spending this time with me today. Please follow this podcast in your platform and if possible, leave a review in Apple Podcasts so others may be encouraged to listen as well. May God bless you. And we will see you next time.